Battery bill. Battery bill. For cameras, computers, cars, or scooters. For trucks, boats, jet skis, remotes. Battery bill. Battery bill. How's it going, everybody? It is episode 70, little uh, little landmark episode, uh, nice Real. round number. Uh, Jordan Helly, Hunter Hughes, back with you on Hawaii Football Now. Here on Wednesday, December 28th, we record this at 7 a.m. As always, our episode brought to you by Spectrum Mobile, Hawaii USA, Federal Credit Union, and Battery Bill, set to release this tomorrow, December 29th. It will be our final episode of 2022 we've made it through two seasons we've made it through like a year and a half basically on the pod uh and pretty fun as uh we head into the new year haven't missed a week yet uh so fun to to keep this thing rolling wild jordan i agree yeah it's it's pretty crazy that we've been able to kind of keep this going um and uh, the plan is to keep barreling forward and uh there's been no shortage of content over the last you know 18 months Yeah, they, they haven't pulled the plug on us yet, which is always kind of nice. Uh, we've got our guy, Jaron, on the controls once again, producing this here humble pod. Quick opening drive. I uh, just wanted to wish a happy New Year's to everybody and send out a big mahalo to all the folks that tune in, listen in on whatever platform they are able to access this. Um, we will chat with Zion Bowens in the second half of today's pod, former wide receiver for the University of Hawaii, who is off now having completed his time there at UH, made it through graduation. Now he's going to get ready, hopefully, for some professional opportunities in the new year. Uh, So fun to chat with Zion. We've got that, um, excuse me, that conversation coming up a little bit later in the episode. Uh, Hunter, how was your Christmas? Uh, Did you watch that University of Hawaii basketball game on Sunday? Uh, what a match that a matchup that was against SMU. They make their first ever Diamond Head Classic final. They win the whole thing on a walk off by Javon McClanahan. Uh, that was one heck of a Christmas present for Hawaii fans near and far, uh, and on national television. That was that was quite fun. Uh, but how was uh, how was your Christmas, my man? Yeah, it was great. Thanks for, thanks for asking. I, I love um, not only the fact that UH was able to play in the championship of their host hosting tournament and the diamond head classic. Uh, that's the first time ever we competed um, that well to earn a spot there. And then to cap it off in the way that it did. And then even just the, the branding of it on Christmas, the Meli Kaliki Maka miracle. Um, it's awesome, man. It's anytime you and I talked about it last week, anytime Hawaii is in the news for, for sports, it bodes well for, all of the programs uh, with the University of Hawaii um, affiliated with our program. But um, yeah, it's just fun. I had tons of friends hit me up asking me if I was there at the game. And I'm like, actually, I'm in Oklahoma right now. I <laughs> wish I was there because, um, yeah, the, the, every once in a while, don't sleep on that basketball team. They, they produce some magic at times. Um, yeah, man. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time with the family. And uh yeah, how about you, Jordan? How was uh, how was your holiday? Yeah, same, same. It was nice. It was kind of relaxing. Um, you know, we uh, got uh, some of the the younger nieces and nephews. It's always fun to kind of have some some young kids around, and and they they revel in the presents, right? And um, oh yeah, a little bit more. We we get like functional gifts now and gift cards and and things of that nature. It's not like we get the cool toys or anything at our age, so. It's kind of fun to see the little kids enjoy that and then uh, gathered around, watched the basketball game and uh, watched McClanahan's walk off buzzer beater. Um, that was that was quite the highlight of the weekend, I would say. And they, they're back on the court here by the time our pod releases uh, tomorrow. They'll be on the court later on that evening as they begin Big West Conference play, a team that's been picked to finish pretty high in the conference that I think has really sky high expectations now with the way that they played over the course of last week and really the course that, they, that they've played um, over the the duration of the non-conference schedule. Uh, if you remember Morsec, the big seven foot two freshman, seven foot one freshman yeah. in the middle um, to tie it back to Hawaii. Remember he committed after he came to the spring day 
um and had kind of just loved it uh and he was like i need to come here this seems like a lot of fun and uh, he played a big role in the championship game i think it was like nine points off the bench defensively that dude was a menace um and and was a lot of fun to watch so yeah best of luck to around and his guys uh we'll be following along as the season goes for sure uh and hopefully not our bat last basketball mention on the hawaii football now podcast we hope everybody else had a, a nice christmas holiday over this past weekend let's head into the game time but first Hawaii football now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since become Hawaii's largest credit union and expanded to other areas of community need that impact financial health including health care housing and hunger to learn more please visit hawaiiusafcu.com all right game time we mentioned it last week that we'd take a little deeper look into the signing day class, the early signing period class that resulted in 26. <laughs> that's right, 26 recruits putting pen to paper and making their official commitment to join the University of Hawaii football program. We looked at it uh, kind of more quick, instant reaction last week, uh, this week, and likely into next week, we will go one by one, one through 26, uh, as we look at all of the signees. 17 different defensive signees, which obviously means nine on the offensive end. Um, you got 11 states represented, seven of those individuals uh, from the class of 2020 or the class of 26 from Hawaii. Uh, you got three international signees. You've got 12 linemen, which I think is huge, literally and figuratively, eight on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. Uh, you've got five offensive skill guys. You've got six DBs. You've got three linebackers as part of this class. And I think it checks a lot of the boxes. You've got local kids. You've got power five transfers. You've got four-year transfers. You've got junior college transfers. you got straight out of high school guys. You've got some international flair to all of this. And then the, and then the, the position-wise, need to reload it, defensive line at linebacker. Um, on the offensive line, all of those things included in this class are all 26 guys going to be starters at some point. Who knows? Uh, but I think they they went out and uh, had a had a checklist and, and checked a lot of those boxes. Um, Coach Timmy Chang saying to the local media, you know, last week uh, after most of the, the signings had sort of wrapped up, uh, saying that, uh, you know, they're looking for a spark and uh, it's going to be a different looking team than when they finished up the season in San Jose. Uh, and I think you can definitely say that, right? It was a brand new team from 2021 to 2022 with 50 whatever new faces, right? As part of that program. And we've got at least 26 new ones for next year and, and likely more. They're not done yet. Uh, and of course, you've got the uh, traditional signing period coming up and about six weeks or so, uh, the beginning of February. So there's still a lot left uh, out there in terms of what the the University of Hawaii will be pursuing uh, but here's 26 new faces and I think Coach Chang uh, admittedly will say you know hey it's gonna be a, a very different looking group and they're, they're hoping to upgrade yeah it's kind of that interesting game with the transfer portal of early signing day getting those names on paper to sew those guys in to get them out of the portal so that they don't have a chance to sign with somebody else. That's the whole motivation of getting as many on early signing day as possible. But Jordan, you and I know, uh, probably because we follow it more than most people, how uh, this new era just doesn't sleep. Um, we signed uh, Joey Yellen at quarterback deep into this process um, last year. I think he would might have even come in during the summer. Uh, maybe even signed late spring. So um, you, you just never know who is still out there, who's willing to come. And I feel like Hawaii of all schools needs to kind of have an open door policy. If people want to come in and compete for a job, we have to be one of those schools to say, hey, come on, we'll give you a shot um, for guys bouncing back from major power five programs. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um... You know, that has been uh, a means to to fill the roster sort of last season out of desperation because of all the the exits sure. this year, maybe more so uh, intentional, right? Uh, 
I mean, even last season, right before the, the year, right? I, I can't remember exactly which of the the power five transfer defensive backs. Uh, I, I met, it might have been Malik Hausman, but, but one of those yeah. guys showed up, you know, pretty pretty late into into the summer uh, and and contributed uh, quite heavily for this group. And then, of course, you bring up Joey Yellen, you bring up the quarterback position. Obviously, there was a lot of buzz. We talked a little bit about it last week with DJ Uyangalile, um, yeah. the Clemson Crystal transfer. Ball. Who uh, the whole crystal balling thing? He's he he went to Oregon State. He signed with Oregon State, so we got to put that to bed. It did create a little bit of national buzz, which isn't a bad thing. Um, it did, uh, I think, leave a lot of Hawaii fans kind of dreaming. You know, I think most, I think most Hawaii fans were realistic about it. Like, all right, this this is a little too good to be true. But again, it, it opened door policy, right? If a former five star quarterback recruit who started at, you know, well, I don't know, 20 games or whatever he started at Clemson. At Clemson. I, I, you know, if he wants to come, like, you bring him in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Hawaii doesn't have five stars knocking on the door very often. And it ended up not being the case. It ended up not being the case. But to your point, leaving that open, on the note of quarterbacks, only one quarterback in this signing class so far, and that is the freshman from Punahou, John Kiave Sangapolutele, um, he is the lone quarterback so far that has signed in this class. Um, Coach Timmy Chang was asked about that by our guy, Brian McInnes and others, uh, and basically said the quarterback position is, quote, sewed up. Uh, they, they're, they're happy. They like what they have in the room. And that, I, I believe him to an extent. I think what we saw from Braden Shager and, and him kind of taking the reins, I think they feel like he can continue to grow. Uh, but that's also what you're going to say, right? You're not going to, you're not going to, go ahead and say like, oh yeah, well, we're, we're, we don't really like what we have there or anything. Like you have to say that. Um, it'd be silly for the program not to continue looking for the next guy at quarterback, whether he's a, a high school kid like Sangapolutele, who maybe will take a few years to develop or somebody else that comes in the portal, right? Like you always have to be constantly looking to upgrade, even if you feel good about a guy like Braden Shaker, who you have in the room. Uh, but as of now, it seems like whether they were unable to go find somebody else besides Sangapolo Tele. Um, Shager's the guy. And I don't think we were necessarily anticipating that he wouldn't. Um, but the early indication, they do indeed have to feel pretty good about what they have in the room because there's not a, a ton being added as of yet outside of, of the youngster and Sangapolo Tele who, who may develop into something special. Yeah, and we, we made mention of this last week that I can't help but read a little bit more into those comments that Timmy is intending to roll out the run and shoot um, talent only gets you so far in an offensive scheme like the run and shoot everything depends on um, understanding of each position group uh, them being coached well from their position coaches uh, the synchronization between QBs running backs offensive line receivers all of that needs to kind of fit in this chemistry um, concoction that is the run and shoot. Everything kind of has to mesh together. So, yeah, uh, you, again, it's open door policy. If we can land one of those uh, once in a generation, you know, recruits to Hawaii, we have to keep that open door. But do well with the pieces that you already have. And Shaker's shown that he can do well. You know, took care of the football late in the season for us. Um, you know, it wasn't exactly the um the numbers that we were hoping to get in terms of production but uh or would would like to see down the road but it's a great starting point to to build off of and uh that that qb room that qb room has shown a lot of uh um transition this last year you know we, we had i think three other guys that aren't even on uh the quarterback position any longer uh uh, Chad Owens Jr. is over at receiver now. Um, we uh, heard that Cam Cooper has transferred out. Um, it's kind of a, a, a transitional uh, position group for University of Hawaii right now. And uh, yeah, we're just going to see how it goes as uh, the recruiting season continues. All right. So let's look at all of the recruits. Uh, I'm fairly certain we'll not be able to fit everything into this week's episode, which is fine. Uh, we've got time, and uh, we'll kind of break things up um, into different categories. Uh, thought about kind of looking at it from like an offense-defense standpoint, but I think there are sort of 
distinct groupings uh, that, that might be fun to look at. We mentioned John Chiave Sangopolatelli. Uh, he is one of five of the local high school commits, the guys who are coming straight out of high school to join the University of Hawaii that attended high school in Hawaii, uh, which is a big deal, right? Um, you want to be able to keep these local kids home. Um, you're probably not going to be able to keep the guys that are destined for Texas or Oregon, um, which there were guys in this year's class that have signed with Texas and Oregon and other schools that, um, you know, just quite honestly aren't in the same stratosphere as the University of Hawaii. Right, Kuhuku's Leong Lifau, who's on his way to Austin. Um, you, you've got the um, Alulu, the Farrington Sorry. offensive lineman who's on his way to to Oregon. So there, there are guys. And if you were able to keep one of those guys home, that'd be massive, massive news. Maybe they'll get there one day. Maybe they'll get there. So we, we mentioned John Kiavisangapolutele, who is the top-ranked quarterback in Hawaii, which is usually a, a pretty good sign, right, the way that Hawaii has produced quarterbacks. Um, he was the Offensive Player of the Year in, in the ILH. He's a Polynesian Bowl um, invitee. You got another ILH guy, a defensive end, Hahel De La Cruz out of Iolani, uh, another all-ILH selection. Remember, he and Sangopolo Tele were some early verbal commits to Timmy Chang and this program over the summer before the season started. He also had the likes of Mason Mual and Josiah Timoteo, wide receiver, offensive lineman, respectively. Those guys decommitted, ended up signing. Uh, well, at least I know Timoteo did during the early signing period. I forgot to check if Mual indeed signed with Colorado State, but Mua, uh, excuse me, Timoteo is on his way Nevada. to Nevada. And so it, it was kind of interesting. And we'll get into the rest of these commits here in just a second, because part of the conversation, you know, throughout the off season, and, and we've had it very much on this show, we talked about, you know, quote unquote, winning the off season. Um, and what that is really doesn't account for anything, right? Like winning the off season doesn't mean anything like winning a press conference or anything like that. You want to, you want to show well, you want to build some, some excitement in the community, but unless it translates into actual wins <laughs> during the yeah. season, that mean a whole lot, right? And for a team that went three and 10 winning the off season, eh, it's nice, but again, the, they've been very, very pragmatic about like, Hey, we've got to win football games. And so going into next season and, and I think part of the excitement of the offseason was the fact that they had those trio of local commits commit together on the same day, more or less. And Sangapolo, Telemu, Alan, Timoteo, two of those three end up not coming, <laughs> right? You also had Dela Cruz, which was another local kid who ends up holding his commitment and signing with the University of Hawaii. And I think people have brought up, and I know some of the, the folks that uh, are regular uh, commenters and, and, and folks that, that drop us a line on social media, on the, on the YouTube and whatnot, our guy Al from VA, I think fairly brought up, right? When, when you lose a, a big-time offensive tackle recruit in, in Timoteo, you lose a, a, a big physical receiver in Mua'au, you know, it's like, hey, this, that tune has to change, right? Like, it, it's not the same evaluation you had during the summer. It's like, hey, they're, they're starting to get some of these local kids to stay home. Um, that that math has changed because some of those guys have left, and I, I I would I would say that's fair. That's fair to say, right? Because those guys didn't end up signing here. Um, and so then the question became, okay, like, are they doing as well as we thought they were locally in terms of the recruiting? Are they indeed making some of those inroads locally and and starting to get? local kids to buy into the program a little bit more because you see some of the buzz you see some of the excitement for these guys it's kind of funny because i you, you watch on twitter you look on twitter and some of the the bigger recruits that are going to like mainland schools get pretty excited about some of their teammates and other guys getting uh offers and, and guys signing with uh it's like man you don't want to join them you know it's it, I, I totally get it but it's kind of funny because there is a little bit of a buzz even if guys aren't necessarily coming here um and so I think it's fair to ask that question. Um, and I think the coaching staff did take a positive step forward by keeping, obviously, Sangapolo Tele and Dela Cruz home, but then also signing the other three high school guys, right? And Isaac yep. Mangaleo, the, the offensive lineman out of Campbell, a big dude, uh, played a lot of his high school career, actually, in Florida. So he's got some pretty big-time experience and spent one year at Campbell. Uh, over at Eva Beach, he's another Polynesian Bowl guy. So that's that's a that's a nice offensive line pickup. 
you know, you lose Timoteo, but he ends up keeping Mangaleo home. Um, you lose out on Muao, but you get Liatama Uiliata from Waipahu, who I think is the consensus offensive player of the year. Um, and a dude who could just play. He is special, man. Um, yep. He is the cover two offensive player of the year put out by KHON. Uh, he threw for 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns. He ran for 596 yards and 10 touchdowns. He also caught 966 yards as a receiver and nine touchdowns there. This is just this season. This is just this season in 2022. That's impressive. He also had four interceptions on defense. He mainly played defense last year in a very abbreviated season for Waipahu broke onto the scene this year helping Waipahu to the division one state championship game where they lost you know a heartbreaker to Waipahu excuse me to Konawina uh but that dude keeping that kid home and I get it he was kind of a late bloomer late arrival uh flew under the radar a little bit because I think if he had put a couple of years of that together like he's he's at a Pac-12 school he he's at a power five school uh and I think you know there are some some definite benefits uh for the University of Hawaii to kind of be able to to kind of swoop in there uh he's a huge get i think keeping him home that that is that is a very very good sign uh and then you got the defensive back McConaughey, who's actually a 2022 grad uh so kind of took this year um not quite a gray shirt sort of situation but uh, he is part of this signing class even though he graduated high school last school year uh was first team all open division uh statewide uh as a senior at Milan. He played three years at damien prior to that and so you know, I think the questions after the decommits of of a couple of those guys from early in the the, the offseason, but then you kind of round out this group of five um, of, of the local high school commits, uh, all in all, pretty positive. I'd say it's a good step, especially when you consider that you got Uiliata and Mangaleo, uh, and who knows with Makana Meyer, he might he might turn into something special as well. Uh, I always kind of give Coach Abe uh, a benefit of the doubt when he's bringing in defensive backs, like he he has a pretty good eye for this thing um but yeah Uiliata got me really excited uh because if yep. you just watch that kid play my goodness yeah no he's an influential kind of guy uh in getting other people here uh I love that comment about being a late bloomer those are those guys that we have to um have the pan open to kind of catch if they don't get lured by someone else because um <laughs> I was a late bloomer, Jordan. You were privileged to have a few more inches on me still now, but you know, at, at that time in high school, much bigger than I was my senior year. And it just takes time for some guys to uh, grow into their bodies and their athletic careers. Sometimes it does take that time. And it's an interesting thing with this new era where we're seeing a slew of guys, even though they went somewhere else, they want to come back to Hawaii. I think that is the the, the name of the game for us is, again, open door policy. If we have a, a spot open that you could come and fill, come back home. Yeah, if you chose to go someplace else, UH winning that buzzer beater this weekend against SMU, um, uh, two-time national champion volleyball team, uh, you know, the, 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 the improvements to our field, uh, to – um, you know, we're out of COVID now, like we're trending, like I, I feel like we're trending in the right direction overall as an athletic program that give it time. It'll be interesting to see how many guys choose to come home with this new transfer portal. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's, it, it really is. And I think, you know, as you point out, you always have to be willing to, to welcome them back home, right? Yes. Whatever it is in, in any sort of positive energy momentum around the athletic program not just with football is a good thing it is a good thing yeah. uh, and creates excitement creates a bit of a buzz creates a a um a spirit of hey this is a fun place to be you know yeah. it's a fun place to we go to school go fun place to, to play collegiate keep those football. bridges intact yeah for sure for sure and and we we saw it in this class right and that kind of is a nice transition into the next group that we've got here which is the four-year transfer guys and I think we'll probably cap it at this before we get into the rest of the <clears throat> rest of the signing class but you had seven guys I believe it is transfer from four-year schools um you've got a, a couple of guys from power five institutions in the Pac-12 and, and both of those guys are, are local kids right and, and so that's that's huge um as as you point out Hunter just getting these guys to 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 consider it consider coming home and you've got that 
in Kualpehopa, who was a pretty big time recruit out of Kamehameha schools a couple of years ago. Uh, he's a defensive lineman, 6'3", 307 pounds, sophomore, uh, again, coming home from Seattle, uh, two years at UW, played in seven total games, uh, three games this past season, two tackles. Uh, you remember, he was the number 16 defensive tackle in the nation per rivals coming out of high school as a Polynesian Bull uh, participant in 2021. Uh, and then you got Patrick Isatake. Uh, some folks will remember him uh, a, a little younger before he finished up his prep career in Oregon. Um, he's transferring home from Cal. Uh, he's a guy from 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 right there in town. I think Kalihi, uh, kind of his roots, 6'5", 240, uh, can play on the edge. Uh, he's played some some outside linebacker, some defensive end. Two years at Cal, uh, much like Pejopa, didn't see a whole lot of action, uh, which is usually the case when you get these guys that are transferring home, right? <clears throat> uh, didn't quite work out. Maybe the playing time situation wasn't what they thought. Maybe coaching change. Hey, fresh start. Come back home. Not a bad, not a bad deal. It was also in that 2021 uh, Polynesian Bowl. He spent his freshman year at Mililani High School, and then his last three years of high school in Oregon. He's a talking before making his way to Berkeley to play in the Pac-12. So you got a couple of guys right there. Um, and the profile, hard to argue. Hard to argue with the the size of those guys, the the pedigree when they were coming out of high school. And yeah, they didn't quite break onto the scene. I think if they were playing every game and and contributing big time at both of those schools like they're probably not transferring right so yeah. that's that's kind of how it works out and so you're you're banking on the fact that these local kids want to come home they feel immediate needs uh and they've got opportunities to to play much bigger roles right and and we've seen that work out Mekki pay last year kalana makaula isaiah tufunga all these guys from power five pac-12 institutions uh come home uh, and, and step into much bigger, bigger roles. Uh, and I would expect that they've got some pretty high expectations for both Pehopa and Hisatake. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it adds to the narrative of what kind of a place we want UH to be. And it has roots all the way back to the Aloha State, you know, being a welcoming and hospitable environment for people near and far. You know, you know Jordan, how many people have, transitioned in and out of your life you know my life in the last 10 years or so um we hate to see him go but we're always <laughs> stoked to see him again whenever they choose to come home that that is you know when, when you look at the guys that we lost this year in terms of recruiting to other mountain west schools you know that to me is a is a winning marketing strategy with these guys of hey we, we bless you we honor you the, the door is always open if you want to come home. That's powerful to me. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm pretty excited about those two guys. I, th I think they could be immediate contributors for this yeah. team. Uh, the other four-year school transfers, you got another guy from a Power 5 conference in Kansas uh, out of the Big 12, Stephen McBride, the wide receiver, 6'1", 170. Um, three seasons in Lawrence, 24 games for KU, two starts for the Jayhawks at 21 catches, 128 yards total uh, in his career. So again, not eye-popping numbers. And a lot of these guys won't have eye-popping numbers, especially when they're coming back from the Power Five. He's from Napoleonville, Louisiana. Kind of interestingly, a lot of longtime University of Hawaii fans, Napoleonville, Louisiana, um, where Kim Willoughby, I believe, went to high school, uh, former University of Hawaii, Rainbow Wahine, great on the volleyball court. Uh, so you got McBride coming back again, another exciting pass catcher. Uh, mm -hmm. From Houston, offensive lineman Josh Atkins, 6'4", 299, uh, dude originally from Arlington, Texas, two years at Houston, uh, but didn't really play at all. He was a former three-star offensive tackle out of Mansfield, Timberview High School there in Texas. Uh, you've got defensive lineman Elijah Robinson. Uh, he was one of those early portal guys who who uh, kind of made it known uh, a week or so before the early signing day that he was on his way. East Carolina transfer, 6'4", 250. Uh, he's a graduate transfer from Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, three years at East Carolina, two years of junior college prior to that. So he, he's been playing college, collegiate football for a while now. Uh, six games this past season, uh, had a sack and six tackles, uh, mainly played linebacker in high school. So he's he's got some versatility perhaps as well. Uh, and then you've got the productive guys, if you will. Uh, and not to say that those, those uh, previous five uh, aren't going to turn into big time producers, but these two are pretty intriguing. Uh, you've got defensive back Camp Stone, right? The corner, 5'10", 181 pounds, uh, a senior out of Wyoming. 
Uh, people remember him. He played well against Hawaii this past season when the Cowboys uh, picked up the win. He's originally from Angleton, Texas. He was honorable mention Mountain West this past year, tied for second in the conference with 10 pass breakups. Uh, he had two interceptions this season. He started 11 of 12 games for the Cowboys. Uh, he played in 28 games over three seasons at Wyoming. Uh, he's been a productive kick returner at times in his career as well up there in Laramie. It's a dude who can play uh, and has had a lot of experience. Uh, and again, if uh, if Coach Abe Elamimian uh, has your eye on you and can get you to come here, I, I always kind of defer to him on on some talent evaluation. And then there's Josh Jerome, uh, a six foot one, two hundred eighty pound defensive lineman, another graduate transfer from Eastern Washington, uh, and obviously some ties there with with current University of Hawaii offensive coordinator. Um, Shoemaker, uh, he's originally from Monroe, Washington, up there. He played in 44 games over five seasons at Ewash. Uh, 182 tackles over over his career, uh, 24 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries. Uh, had 39 tackles this past season. Uh, in 2021, he was third team All Big Sky. So this is two seasons ago when he had seven sacks and 13 and a half tackles for loss. So you got two guys in Stone and Jerome who have played a lot of football in their collegiate careers have been big time producers uh, and are often late in their career to come to Hawaii. So you got a real mix of experience um, as part of these four-year transfers, uh, but, but a group that I think is, is pretty intriguing. Uh, and again, fills a lot of needs. A couple, you got three guys, potentially four guys on that defensive line uh, corner uh, McBride, maybe a nice luxury adding to that receiver room. Um I, I like what they did. I like what they did via the transfer angle. Yeah, no, th this to me, th that group of guys is, is a huge win. Um, we have mentioned it several times on this show that we needed to beef up our D-line. Uh, we, we could not surrender uh, the running attack from the defensive perspective like we have the last couple of years. We, we have to beef those guys up. And so... It, just from an eye test, Jordan, these check all the boxes for me. I mean, 6'4", 250, D-lineman, another D-lineman, 6'1", 280. Um, you, you can't teach big. Believe me, I've been learning for a long time, and it just doesn't seem to pan out for me. Um, th these guys are large and in charge. Um, and just from a clogging the holes perspective, you need size at this level. Um, to be able to win the battle in the trenches. So I'm, I'm thankful that we've been able to get, at least on paper, who knows what's going to happen at, at, you know, at this point in the process, we haven't seen these guys play in University of Hawaii jerseys, but they're checking those boxes for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty, pretty intriguing group. Um, and and I'm, I'm really excited about Stone. Uh, I think, I yeah. think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a big time player. Um, for this group all right we'll kind of pause things here uh we've still got to get into the the junior college transfers there's four of those we got to get into the the international signees if you will uh there's three of those it, it really it's five junior college guys because one of the uh one of the international guys played junior college in Kansas this past year uh and then and then all of the the high school signees that that weren't from Hawaii high schools I think there's like seven more of those uh guys coming from the continent so well, we, we've got lots of time. We'll get into that in next week's episode, but we'll press pause here. We'll take a little halftime break. And then on the other side of this, we've got Zion Bowens, uh, wide receiver this season for the University of Hawaii. Um, we talked about some of his exploits in previous episodes, leading the team uh, as a receiver in a lot of the statistical categories, even though he missed, what is it, three or four games this season uh, and shows you his potential Um and hopefully, you know, we, we talked to him, we asked him about his health and he, he's feeling really good uh, heading into the offseason. So uh, fun conversation, not to give too much of it away, but coming up on the other side, our conversation with Zion Bowens here on episode 70. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, here we are with our guy Zion Bowen Zebo Wood joining us uh, from the mainland, I believe. Uh, Zion, what where where are you at right now? What's kind of uh, the next uh, couple of weeks look like for you now that uh, things have sort of wrapped up um, on your collegiate time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm uh, in Long Beach, California, right now. Um, 
as far as like the next couple of weeks, I'm looking to be training. Um, I think I'll be out in California. Um, there's a guy who um, I got connected to um, with some, you know, a couple NFL ties. So he's a pretty reputable, reputable um, guy. His name is Jamal. And just uh, one of the um, one of the like training programs out here. So I'll probably be working with him come January um, just to start getting ready for um, the, comp, the pro day. No, that, that, that is awesome. Um, you know, for, for you as a guy in, who has always sort of been explosive, right? Whether it was at Poly, whether it was uh, at junior college now, um, you know, as your time sort of wraps up at the University of Hawaii, is that kind of how you see yourself as a, as a professional prospect, if you will, this, this guy that can take the top off of a defense? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've always been, like you said, I mean, explosive type guy but I mean moving on to the next level I, I just I mean whether I'm going to be playing receiver or special teams I'll just be looking to um, just add value to the team in whatever way that is um, however 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 they can use me um, is kind of kind of where I see myself. That's awesome man and uh, you know there's a couple other guys we've we've had on the show um, as a former player myself wanted to get your input you know, if you did get an opportunity at the next level, would you be open to playing special teams and uh, playing both ways as someone that's probably looking at a, uh, um, a free agent uh, deal if you were able to give that opportunity? Absolutely. Absolutely. Even at even when I was at, um, at, at, at UH, you know, they really stress playing special teams um, because they, they know that, uh, you know, that's what NFL coaches are looking for. They want to be able to have somebody who's versatile. And, you know, that can, you know, do more than, than this, uh, you know, run routes and catch the ball. And uh, I feel like that I will be able to, um, you know, add, add and contribute to the team in that way. It's awesome, man. You know, we, we've, uh, we, we were talking about this uh, on last week's episode. I'd love to get your input on this as well. Uh, as we begin this kind of name, image, and likeness new era with uh with college football you're one of the uh the few guys on the roster who kind of did a little bit of that yourself with partnering with some brands in town um i'm not necessarily as interested on what those deals necessarily looked like but as a former player someone who's looking to bridge that gap for guys down the road at university of hawaii and that being a big part of how we can recruit guys and even keep local talent at home um how would you see that maybe working out at University of Hawaii and, and how that worked out for you as well? Um, you know, I think uh, the name image likeness thing is is definitely something that's, you know, it's becoming more popular mm -hmm. and, um, you know, there's more, I mean, a lot, you see a lot of college athletes, you know, kind of getting into that. And I feel like um, it will bring a lot of, uh, you know, attention to the school, especially to, you know, the player, the player themselves. So um you know as the as the program just builds and gets more successful um the name and the name image likeness thing is definitely something that will um should should help help um you know build that that image for the program and i think it'll be a huge benefit and advantage for the person yeah and, and, you, you were using uh, uh i remember i think sweet enemy clothing company as well as uh thankful shorts right w weren't you doing a little bit with both of those guys yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I was uh with with Sweet Enemy. I'd um you know hooked up with Trevor. You know, I've I've shopped at their their place on King Street a couple times, and you know he's he's always showing love. So mm -hmm. um I think one time I came in there and he just asked me if uh you know if I wanted to model for him, and I was like you know automatic like no doubt. So awesome, um, you know, we we went out and took a couple shots, and you know he hooked me up. So you know. Um, you know, that's always, that's always a, a positive to be able to, you know, have those, have that, uh, that, that mutual, you know, bene beneficial, you know, relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's kind of nice. You don't have to sort of tiptoe around those type of relationships that, as you mentioned, right. are mutually beneficial. It's not like anybody's, uh, you know, getting hurt in, in, in that type of deal or anything like that. Uh, Hunter mentioned you as sort of a, a fellow alum now. Is it still kind of weird to view yourself as that now that uh, your, your time is up? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, since I mean, since the last game, like after San Jose, that was kind of the 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 bridge in which I you know became the actual alumni so 
um you know ever since then it's i mean kind of starting to to kind of be a part of that you know that that long line of brotherhood um of the guys that like played before me so you know it's it's an amazing thing to be a part of you know it's a lifetime type um relationships that you know that are made so um definitely definitely happy to be a part of that the alumni for uh football yeah it's a, it's a tight-knit group uh i think a lot of us have observed that uh how would you sort of summarize your your you know basically three years with the program you know how, how did it sort of play out to your expectations and um you know anything that sort of stands out um as some fun memories uh, over over the course of your uh career yeah, I mean, my time here at Hawaii has been, I mean, it's really just been a blessing. If I look back on everything, um, you know, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't change anything about it. Um, you know, there were obviously some, some, um, I guess some downs, you know, kind of, kind of with like uh, a knee, my knee injury, you know, some, some things just happened just unexpectedly, but um, I feel like it all, it all kind of worked out, worked itself out in the end. Um as far as I mean, I, I mean, if anything, they just help me help me, you know, get to where I am right now. You know, it helps me, uh, you know, build character and just uh, be able to just push through that adversity. Um, as far as the good times, there are just too many. There are just too many. But I would say that, I mean, the relationships that I've made have been, I mean, like you said, like tight knit, long, lifelong relationships. So, I mean, those are the things that um, you just won't forget. You know, Coach Chimmy's always talking about, um, you know, he never really remembers the plays that he made, but he's always, he always remembers, you know, the, you know, the times in the locker room and just, you know, kicking in with the team and stuff like that. So, I mean, that is something that I, uh, that I will miss and that um, I appreciate when I was, that I was here. Yeah, no doubt. How is the, how is the knee? How's just, you know, the overall health as, as you head into the offseason? Oh, it's good. Um, I'm, I would say I'm back to 100%. Awesome. Um, you know, the knee is, um, I mean, probably I was probably was it like a couple, probably a couple of weeks to like a month or so where I was just trying to get back into it. But, um, you know, I, I don't I don't you know see any problems in, in the foreseeable future with that. That's awesome, man. It's always one of those tricky things with uh, with injuries where you would love to be 100, you know, at the beginning of the year had that. Uh, kind of happened towards the first, it was the first couple of games, wasn't it, that you went down? Yeah, yeah, the first game at Vanderbilt. Yeah, um, um, hey, hats off to you with, you know, just persevering and, and sticking it through, man. I, I know how hard that can be, uh, especially when uh, it's no, no secret, we needed you, bro, mm -hmm. in that wide receiver core, bro. Uh, you and Jonah on both sides. So yeah. um, stoked to so kind of see, uh, you finished the year strong and would love to hear from someone who played with him as well. What was that like going up to San Jose and playing against Chev? And obviously your, your boys, no matter what, but you're, you're playing mm. against someone that was your QB last year. Right. And uh, yeah, it's it, just talk about that experience a little bit, because we haven't heard from a lot of the guys that went up on the trip. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, Chevin, Chevin's my guy. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, he's throwing me a couple touchdowns. So we have that, we had that relationship, but I mean, seeing him in that other Jersey, really the whole team was kind of just like, you know, we're, we're out to get him. We're out, we're oh, out, yeah. we're trying to, we're trying to mess him up. Um, you know, he's the, the, uh, the Hawaii kid that, you know, went to the other school. So, you know, everybody's kind of got that, um, um, not that, not, I wouldn't say animosity, but just that, you know, like I said, like we're out, we're really trying to get him in, uh, um, you know, Logan Taylor, you know, he, he was, he must've had like a couple tackles on him. So we were just super, super stoked to see that, um, see him take him down a couple of times. So, yeah. uh, you know, but we wish the best for him, um, you know, it's all love. So, um, mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, as you kind of get prepared to uh, make the jump from college, you know, into the pros, Let's play the uh, the hypothetical game because it's Christmas time and uh, mm -hmm. it's it's a time to be uh, hopeful and joyful, man. So Absolutely. Let, let, let's say everything works out the way that you want it to. What mm -hmm. are your like top three teams in the NFL that you would love to get a chance with? Um, top three teams. I would love to play for. Um, I would love to play for the Chargers just because I mean they're at home. They close the home. My family can come and you know watch me play and stuff like that. Um, number two, I'd probably say I'd, I'd, I'd put, 
I'd probably go with Baltimore, the Ravens. Ooh. I mean, Lamar Jackson, if I, if I was playing receiver, you know, I feel like he, he really likes those kind of speedy receivers. Um, you know, they can take the top off. So I feel like I would, I, I would, you know, fit well into his playing style. And then I would say probably the Steelers. I'm a huge Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of Steelers fans in Long Beach and a lot of people don't know that, but there's a lot of Steelers fans in Long Beach. Um, I think it has a lot to do with um, really, I mean, part of, partially like the culture, but I think Snoop Dogg, um, Snoop Dogg, he, you know, he's got his league and, um, um, like a couple other, couple other teams that are like under him that are, you know, the Steelers. So I've been repping the Steelers since, you know, before high school. So that's know, awesome. That'll probably be my top three. I know Jordan and I would not be offended if you ended up at the Chicago bears either. Right. We're, we're in need of some receivers, bro. Yes. So if you ended up over in, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the blue and the orange, bro, feel free. We'd love to oh, have you. Absolutely. I would, I would, I would love to play for them. <laughs> Hey, I, no, I know, I know, Zebo. You, you're not turned down anything. He's a guy who knows his football hunter. Obviously, the 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 fit with a Lamar Jackson, I I couldn't agree more. Uh, awesome. Speedy receivers, good hands, can get open. Uh, I think that Baltimore offense would be would be quite nice. Uh, I'd be kind of interested. It's kind of interesting that you throw the Steelers and the Ravens sort of in your group with, uh-huh. with the fun rivalry that they have, right? Yeah. And, uh, Long Beach, man, not too different than uh, a lot of neighborhoods around Hawaii. That uh, a lot of Steelers fans. Mm-hmm. around there you know that's yes. uh that's pretty good and and uh i was kind of curious uh, to, to kind of ask you some of those football related questions as well you know we saw this offense this past year um you know go through a, a little bit of a, a mindset shift if you will mid-season uh how significant was that was it did we play it up a little too much in the media <laughs> you know because we love talking about it and, and you yes. throw like the you know you throw the term run and shoot out there and people just get excited naturally uh, mm-hmm. in Hawaii but but uh, from from your standpoint as a guy who obviously went through it this year how did you sort of see the evolution uh of the offense uh in in year one under this new coaching staff um you know I feel like starting off obviously we're still trying to we were still trying to find our identity as an offense and um you know it took a couple of games to kind of figure that out and kind of towards the middle of the season is when we really really when coach Chang kind of took the took the driver's seat and kind of where he wanted the offense to go um as far as just like play calling and you know where he wants certain guys on like certain plays and stuff like that and um kind of just like all kind of just bringing the whole offense together and um um towards the end of the season um we really started to you know make some strides and really just building building our identity um I mean, the run and shoot is is obviously a, a very explosive type offense, and uh, we 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 didn't want to like classify ourselves as run and shoot because we felt that we were more um, versatile. Like we felt that um, it wasn't just run and shoot, and we didn't want to be um, oh this team is run and shoot and just like um, you know one trick pony type thing. Um, but you know, towards the end of the season, I, I do feel like we started to um, kind of just bring it bring it all together, and I, I feel confident about where the where the uh, trajectory of this offense is going. Yeah, you, you kind of have to do best with what you have, and uh, Coach Graham bringing in a handful of those you know really talented tight ends. You can't quite make that shift to the run and shoot with that personnel. Um, right. But we've been trying to educate the uh, the public on you. Just because mm-hmm. you want to do something, you may not have the pieces to, to fit that puzzle. Right. Um, but one element I'd love to get your insight from as a player, at the beginning of the year, Coach Chang would not name a starting quarterback really until game time against Bandy. What was that like for you guys in the locker room? You might have already known, and I'm not really as worried about that, but just as a former player, I love to know who our quarterback was, even going into camp. Because it, it creates unity, you, you know where you're headed. Um, what, what was that like for you guys? Because yeah, it felt like we didn't know our identity until at least maybe week four or week five. And right. uh, was just curious what that was like from you on the uh, wide receiver core. Yeah. Um, no, it was definitely a challenge. It was definitely a challenge just trying to figure yeah. out like, um, you know, where where who we're gonna go with as far as like quarterback. Um, you know, we, we, I feel like we have a, a great, a great, um, you know, depth at quarterback. So um, 
naming the the starting quarterback, you know, before the season was kind of difficult to do because we felt that, um, you know, th- I mean, they were competing. They were still competing. And we didn't really mm-hmm. feel like anybody was really um, kind of like a like an outbreak, outbreak, kind of just no brainer, like, oh, we're going with this person. But, um, you know, the competition was close. It was tight. And, um, you know, we obviously we ended up going with Braden. and we did, you know, play play, uh, you know, Joey and Cam and the other guys. But um, we just felt that, um, you know, Braden kind of already had like a little bit of experience. So, yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it'll be fun to kind of see the progression of this thing uh, from an offensive standpoint. Once, the, you know, they kind of get into a full off season and and uh, maybe bringing some of those pieces. Obviously, tomorrow's going to be huge with signing day and, and seeing what uh, what the program can, can get in there. You've played, obviously, for, for a number of different guys throughout your collegiate career, whether it was, you know, in, in junior college, whether it was at the University of Hawaii, a couple of different regimes. Your sort of impression of Coach Timmy Chang and sort of where this thing is heading for the University of Hawaii, what, what's the outlook for you, uh, in your opinion, as the program continues to develop here, um, I see I see a lot of positive with this program. Um, I feel like this past season, we, you know, like I said, we were kind of just all trying to mesh and just you know bring it all together. And you know, by the end of the season, I felt that we had a better idea of kind of who we are and where we wanted to where we wanted to take it. And um, you know throughout the whole season we were just kind of just building this culture of like the brotherhood and um just kind of like who we are as a team and uh i feel like you know post chang does a does a really good job of just bringing the whole island together as far as like their support for us and you know that i feel like that plays a huge role too um but you know like i said i feel like there is um this they're going into next season there's going to be a lot of um We'll be we'll be starting off better than we did last year because we've already built that foundation. Yeah, no, I I think that's the that's a critical thing, right? Having that full sort of lead in, uh, buy into the folks in the building, buy into the folks of uh, outside the building, as you mentioned, the support of the island. Then I, I kind of wanted to ask you too, uh, you know, for for your time in Hawaii, uh, I always th- I always think back to the on the mic segment we did for ESPN Honolulu with you during spring ball. Uh, and and how you basically knew all the words to like every local song that came over the loudspeaker <laughs> during that practice, um, and, and I just I just uh, that's always kind of my lasting memory of you outside of obviously the spectacular catches and the touchdowns and all those kinds of things. But uh, it kind of seemed like you took to the islands and 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 island life right away. Yes, um, no, I mean since, since ever since I stepped foot on this island, it's been it's been all love, it's been all love, and just you know taking on the culture of just, um, you know, that Aloha spirit and just, uh, just that, that Island lifestyle is something that I really, um, you know, became accustomed to and just embraced. Um, um, yeah. Um, no, I mean, just, I mean, like you said, from, from, from the local songs and just, just the, the culture, just, you know, just hanging out and just, you know, um, you know, being with the brothers and stuff like that. So, um, but no, no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's good stuff, man. Do you have like a, a go-to like top of the playlist, local song or like local reggae song or anything like that on, on your phone? Um, I do. I do. Let me think my top go-to song I would have to say is, um, Ooh, that's not, to put, not to put you on the spot or anything. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have to say, okay, my top local song is. He's got a, he's got a lot to choose from, man. I know. I love it. I love the deep thought. This is a, these are the questions <laughs> that matter. These are the yes. ones. Um, I'd probably say Buffalo Soldier by uh, Bob Marley. Okay, there we Marley. go. That's that's a Woo. good shout right there. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah, that that is um I think maybe the uh the most we've had a guest like contemplate an answer. I know <laughs> like any question we've <laughs> asked in each podcast. Uh, and I we appreciate that. We appreciate that you put some thought into that, man. It wasn't just off the cuff. 
yeah. uh, and just blurting something out there. So that, uh, that, that says a lot, but hey, man, I, we know how much that, uh, you know, you have kind of ingrained yourself in this, this community, the school, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to guess that it's not going to take much to get you back to the islands when you get a chance. To, uh, oh, not but, at all. But you got some business to, to take care of, and we wish you all the best in, Thank you so in much. Uh, this next phase of your career and, and the journey. And, and we'll definitely be following along closely and uh, and pulling for you, man. Absolutely. Uh, and it's, Thank uh, you. I think for Hawaii football fans, it's like, man, you know, those three years went by too fast. But yes. we know there's bigger and better things ahead for you. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been my pleasure. And I, you know, really love being a part of it, um, part of the island and you know, everything like that. So you know, I appreciate you guys. Nah, man, we appreciate you. Again, uh, happy holidays. All the best to you and your family. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably bug you down the road and try to get you back on the pod. So we'll uh, absolutely we'll anytime, anytime yeah. for surely. Uh, appreciate you, man. Right on. That's a lot, bro. Bless you, yes, man. sir. Shoots. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, back with you, Jordan and Hunter, and a big thanks to Zan for joining us on the show. Uh, that was fun. Uh, I'm excited to see what the future holds for that guy because it felt like, you know, this not to not to sort of downplay his time at the University of Hawaii or or sort of, you know, lament anything or point any fingers, but it feels like there's a lot more there for him. Like, it feels like we're kind of scratching the surface with Zion, with his speed, his ability to take the top off of defense. Uh, and I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him. Uh, you know, injuries and whatnot and, and a, a sort of a revolving door at quarterback a little bit uh, during his time at the University of Hawaii. Again, to nobody's fault, uh, just kind of circumstance. But I think, you know, uh, with now an ever expanding list of professional opportunities out there with some of the different leagues, whether it be the XFL or whatnot. Um, and who knows, maybe, maybe he can crack into an NFL camp or something like that. That'd be awesome. Obviously the dream. Um, yeah. But I, I think he's, he's got a shot. Yeah, no, that's a good read, Jordan. I feel like there's a lot left in the tank for a guy like that uh, bouncing back strong off of, uh, off of an injury early in this season. Uh, we talked about that, but then also his, uh, he's just a good dude. And, you know, you need that sort of good character, good guy in the locker room to make that jump um, in a free agent uh, signee, you know, practice squad guy at the NFL level. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely hoping that not just for him, but for our recruiting, that's always bodes well for our program whenever guys get a chance at the next level. So um, best of luck to uh, our guy, Zebo, um, as he continues on, and uh, we'll be watching for him. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see his progress, and uh, we'll definitely keep up with him. And uh, he said he's, he's always willing to come back on the pod, so that'll be fun. Maybe we can catch up with him down the road. All right, that'll do it for us. We will transition into the overtime here. I figure it'd be a nice time for New Year's resolutions here, Hunter, to close it out Ooh. on our uh, little overtime segment to get on up out of here. Uh, heading into uh, 2023, kind of hard to believe, uh, still kind of weird to say, uh, 2023. Uh, so you can kind of take this whichever direction you want, Hunter, whether it's personal growth, whether it's uh, something you want uh, outside of, um, you know, the realm of this podcast. It could be for this podcast. It could be for the University of Hawaii football team. Um, my New Year's resolution, um, I, I'm sure there are many things that I could work on myself uh i haven't i haven't looked that introspectively just yet it's just um get the stadium figured out like this mm. let's just let's just it seems like the new governor josh green is kind of moving forward with i wouldn't say the original plan but the, the plan to to build the new stadium um and so i would just i would just like to see that sort of resolved like let's let's just start doing something uh instead of talking about it and then pausing it and then rethinking it and then redoing it uh, so that's that's my New Year's resolution for the program. It's sort of adjacent to the program, uh, but I just I just would would like to see that sort of, you know, put to bed and just yeah. build whatever on stadium, Halava, where just 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 figure it out, guys, figure it out. Uh, I'm sure it's easy. And so there's my New Year's resolution. I like that. That's good. Uh, you know, my program New Year's resolution would be to secure at least one name, image, and likeness deal for one of our UH football guys. I love um, that. 
Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's a year after Shevin has transitioned over to um, San Jose state. I feel like our, our faithful are educated enough with this team that we have right now. Um, th- th- there's a handful of guys that I think have an opportunity to be marketable in that aspect. And I would love to see us kind of um, take a good step in the right direction as a coaching staff, as a program of getting one of these guys, one of those deals, because that is huge for the future recruiting uh, potential for our program. So I, that, that, that's one big item on my New Year's resolution list. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that that I think is huge in terms of taking the program to another level in terms of securing recruits. I think that was the big question um, with DJ Uyunglele, right? It's like, well, if he if he, he is actually coming, does that mean there are some uh, some NIL progress, right? It would have had to have been. Again, none of that happened. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll wait to see exactly what uh, what can kind of be on the horizon from an NIL standpoint. So that uh, I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Uh, a happy new year to everybody. Uh, happy new year to our guy, Jaron, uh, who is putting uh, this episode together once again. So thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, Jaron. Uh, maybe that'll be a new year's resolution. We'll get Jaron's face on this podcast before, uh, before 2023 is over. Uh, I don't know how he feels about that, but we're just going to make executive decisions here on, uh, on Hawaii football now. So we appreciate everybody. We'll see you next week uh, and next year right here on Hawaii football. Now this has been episode 70. Once again, as always, brought to you by Spectrum Mobile, Hawaii USA, Federal Credit Union, and Battery Bill. Aloha, everybody. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Halley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.